Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. immerse myself in the culture you know i wanted to i wanted to get with the aborigines and walk in the bush and i, I ain't get to do none of that i went to sydney and all the you know touristy spots the three sisters yeah. all that kind of stuff but i wanted to get in the bush i brought my hat <laughs> i even <laughs> bought a didgeridoo how about that <laughs> yeah, nice very can nice you, can you play a didgeridoo no, and I've I've worked with lots of people. So many years ago, I was studying environmental science, and I was working with um, the Department of Environment. So I was working with park rangers while I was studying. Uh huh. And one of the rangers had the most amazing collection of didgeridoos. Now the great thing is that in in that particular area of employment, they specifically employ a certain amount, a minimum of a certain amount of native people, right? Because right. they know more about nature than we do, right? They've been right. handing it down for thousands of years. Right. And he, he had this amazing collection of didgeridoos and he tried many times to teach me and I have these really sensitive, small lips and when you try to push the air out, because I'm really pretty good with breathing techniques. So the breathing part of it wasn't necessarily difficult for me. But right, 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 right. It gives you like this buzzing feeling on your lips, which is apparently very normal, but it takes time. You have to just persevere through Sounds that. Sounds pretty erotic. <laughs> no, it's not. It's well, really, I, you say it's no. It's like it's you not. want to scratch your lips off. Like it's oh, horrible. Wow. It makes your lips feel really itchy. It's really interesting. But he was amazing. And so we'd be sitting in the middle of the bush and on a particular I have place. One. Let me show you mine. Yes, do. See, I ain't joking. I'm an Aussie. Nice. I do. It's gorgeous. It is beautiful. But, but look, it's still got the tag inside. <laughs> <laughs> I have not tried to, to do it. I don't know what it is, but it makes such a beautiful sound. Uh, it makes your soul bellow you know you feel it it's like a, a bass or a trombone but it, it's just absolutely. an amazing, amazing uh instrument but it so is. are you and welcome to on the edge let me get my postcard so everybody knows where we are we just started talking australia's cool brains i'm telling you get your little pennies together and fly on uh this is a shameless plug Qantas airlines because they treat you real good or british airways uh and go but before you go there go here on the edge the place where the conversation is pointed the guests are sharp the responses are never dull we are down in australia melbourne we were just talking to jeanette peterson she is a writer she's uh a person that believes in empowering your greatness through the power of words so we got that in common because we're wordsmiths smashing the glass ceiling own your life I'm digging her book. It's, isn't it called Infinitely You or Infinite? What is it? Infinite You. Infinite You. She read a excerpt and uh, did a little montage and a lot of philosophy, uh, philosophy 
that she provided on the uh, Facebook, the Facebook Live on the Edge, the last one. And you know, when it's on the Edge, I connected right away. I was so enthralled in what you were saying. And so I can't wait for my brains to get in your head and uh, talk to you a little bit and, and see a little bit about what's in the book and the premise behind the book and the interweaving and what you want to pour into people outside that big, beautiful dimple. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us, uh, Jeanette Peterson, how do you show up in the world? Authentically, because that's the only way to show up. So when we show up authentically, we get to be our real self. And I didn't always do that. I used to show up the way people expected me to show up, right? And so there are lots of expectations in the world that are applied to us. And unfortunately, many of us, we succumb to those expectations. And so we kind of forget who we are authentically a little bit. And there's so much that leads up to that through our childhood and through my childhood. I was conditioned through the way I grew up as many other people are. And so I showed up the way I thought I was supposed to. I showed up the way my parents taught me to show up the way my school, the way the people who surrounded me. But now, no, I show up as me. And it's interesting because I show up as me everywhere. So I used to, coming from many years in the corporate world, I used to think that you had a certain way you needed to show up at work and another way that you needed to show up at home, another way you needed to show up with your friends, show up in relationships, and I realized very quickly that there's only one way to show up in every part of your life is just as you, exactly the way that you're always meant to be. So that's how I show up authentically. Of this big $25 word, and I challenge people every time I hear it, authentic. Hmm? That's raw. That's vulnerable. Sometimes it can be unsexy. Sometimes it can be expensive. Authentic is subjective to who you are. Until you pull back the layers and do the work, you don't know who you are. You're always questioning yourselves. You got the, you know, the clowns in the background and the comedians and everybody putting all of this pressure on you. What do you say to a person right now, Jeanette, that is in the thralls of it, that's struggling with the real, trying to figure out who this authentic self person is it's with being kind to yourself uh -huh. so we didn't suddenly just go along a path of being unauthentic deliberately right we thought we were showing up in the world so the way that was right and often what happens is we start to have these moments where we say to ourselves hang on a minute this isn't me often we go all the way down a path and we say this doesn't feel right to me but we've all had the little moments in our life whether they be in our work or in our private life where you know those moments when something just happens and you were like that felt really good it's discovering those little moments don't not putting pressure on yourself to suddenly overnight, I'm going to be everything that's authentically me. Because like you said, you don't even know what that looks like. And that's ever that evolving. That's ever changing. You know, what is right. authentic today is the shoe size of yesterday. So I Completely. get it. 
So it's about the lens that you look through, right? And it's about being able to be aware. So developing some skills in awareness. First understanding, okay, how am I showing up in the world? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. Half the time you don't even realise. Asking other people mm -hmm. how other people see that you show up. Wow. And does what people say you do, does that resonate with you? And you start to say, wow, that's how I'm showing up. And that's not my intention. I don't want to show up that way. But it requires so much kindness and being prepared to be vulnerable. But you know, you know, the thing that I find what? the most amazing about how we, we get on to words about authenticity and these words and they become very buzzy. Right, right, but right, right. The thing is, is something that you just connected to, and it's about finding what is your authenticity, right. what is being authentic to you. It's not my being authentic to me, it's not your authentic for you or for anyone else. You have to find what authenticity means for you. Right. And, and, and you live know, it, it. It takes a it takes a lot of work. Yeah, so how absolutely. did you get into this work? How did you know? When did you start seeking and why and, you know? Well, well, this is the interesting part of life because when you become what you think is a seeker, you, we seem to think that we have been away all our life and then suddenly, okay, I this doesn't feel right. I'm going to start to seek some information and start to see where I can go. And then we believe that we become somebody. But I quite a long time ago, and I've realized that I've been a seeker my whole life, right? Mm. And once you start to do the work, you're not creating a new person. You are uncovering the person that was always there oh, that's below the, the surface. I, I get that. I get that. You're right. Yeah. It, you, you were always there. Um, like I use the analogy, peeling back the layers of the onion. There yeah, is the totally. core, where, where you are at the core. Okay, so, you know, you're doing all this heavy lifting and this this thinking. Who pours into you? Who could, keeps you sharp? I mean, you just don't get all these downloads by yourself. Well, that's well, that's interesting. You've got to go out and you've got to find some things. So first, I suppose I started to find things that resonated with me. I've always, when I was really young, I was a reader. And then in typical fashion, I went through a stage in my teens where I was busy doing other things and I kind of stopped reading. And I kind of just got back into reading. So reading is something that I found that was interesting to me. So I started to read about a lot of diverse topics and I decided that I wasn't just going to stick with the mainstream and I wasn't going to read about my beliefs or my views I was going to read about lots of things so I just started to poke around and started to read things that and I've read some books that people would go what why did you read that book but I read some books to really broaden my horizons and what it started to make me understand was that the more I read the more I realized the less I know right that mm. I realized that I know the tiniest little amount there is so much available so I just kept poking away at that and of course when you do that on that journey you start to connect to people who start to open up some of those areas so you might just scrape the surface and look technology has brought everything to our fingertips you know through social media and through the internet when I was a child this wasn't available if you wanted to learn something you went to the library 
I mean, now we can just tap in on our computer and we can go. And, and you know what? You know what, Jeanette? You don't even have to know how to spell. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. You know, the kids yeah. don't, they don't sign their name anymore. Everything is a whole lot different. So with this it ever, is. you know, every evolving evolution, you know, people are morphing into artificial intelligence. Uh, we are looking at, you know, gender equality. We're looking at uh, women here in the United States being rebuked our right, right to choose. Uh, we still have COVID. Brains, don't think COVID went away. Just because you're not hearing about it, please know people are still getting COVID. All these things going on in the world, plus the lunar vortex. How do we stabilize? You know, how do we not get so caught up in the hype? Because there's a, a whole lot of stuff going on. Everybody's going in different directions. It's about controlling the things that you can control, right? So the fact that there's a whole heap of information out there and if we if we connect into it every day, all day, we're going to be inundated and it becomes overwhelming. Right. So it's about controlling how much you take in right. and then understanding, okay, based on, and I think it's a test and try theory. So I've tried and tested lots of different ways. So I basically don't watch what we would call here in Australia free to air. So I don't watch the regular TV news stations. And the right. reason is, is because they're just all full of bad news. Yeah. And I, I'm sensitive, right? So I have sensitivity to that because I care about people because I'm an empath. And so I realised that by watching that, that wasn't helpful to me. And that's how people need to, to perceive it, right? You have to, you've got to kind of look at what's happening in your environment and try and test and say, I don't think that's helping me. So you pull away a bit and it's focusing on the things you have control of. You don't have control of how much information's out there, but you have control of how much you take in. Absolutely. That is, uh, that is 100%, 100%. And then when you get it, how do you edit and filter it brains? Just because you take it in, you still have to process it. And I do that by judgment. And people look at me with a side eye when I say I'm judgmental. I didn't say I was negatively judgmental, but I do rely heavily on my judgments, my perceptions, because that's trial and error. 60 years, <laughs> you know, I know something. Uh, and that is not to not like anyone else. But, you know, that's another thing that people don't seem to respect anymore is another person's free will. You know, if you don't like kangaroo meat, I'm not going to make you eat it. You know, you just, you don't have to just force things down. And to all these kangaroo lovers, I was just kidding. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't, you don't have to fall in line. You don't have to go along to get along. You still have to be an independent, critical thinker. And the only way that you can do that is just what Jeanette said, is, you know, by exploring and reading and, you know, stepping outside yourself, trying to figure out what else is fun. But what I want to know is what else is fun about you. So what do you do there in Melbourne for fun and recreation, Jeanette? Well, I mean, there's loads of things to do for fun in life. So you can make anything that you do fun. And when you get to show up authentically in life, everything's fun. I My work is fun. Writing is fun. Everything that I do is fun because it's the lens that I look through. And it's how you make it. My misfortune, my, you know, 
failings in life I laugh about and one of the chapters in my book is called the need for humor because we've forgotten how to humor ourselves a little bit we get really heavily inundated by the heaviness of what goes on in the world and we forget right, right to right. lighten the load a little bit and I took a laughing yoga class and I tell you I was beautiful. exhausted it's beautiful though i know my and my abdomen was twitching i had no idea how much that could really influence you and how you can really laugh about nothing exactly <laughs> now, these you know that... are very structured right don't think you just get in there like you're on no. gas you know there, there's a premise to it in a breathing process it's a form of a, a meditation or a yoga but Absolutely. uh it is really really uh interesting so what was the premise of your book you know, when so you, premise, when you, when you yep. went to, to think about what I want to write, what I want to put in pages, what I want to pour into people, what was your thought process? Well, it's very interesting because if you had said to me five years ago that I was going to write a book called Infinite You, I, I probably would have laughed. Where is it? Let's see right. it. I want to see it. So, so this is the beautiful book. Wow. Infinite so, You. Brains is on Amazon. You need to pick one up because I'm telling you, she's reading some excerpts and they are heavy. They are really heavy. Go ahead. So I I never thought about writing a book. And in fact, I had a lot of um, trauma around the concept of writing. Really? So when I was a child, I was about 10. And I talk about this in one of the video excerpts that I've done in one of my chapters online. and. I wrote a poem and it was actually incredibly good and I took it to school and I handed it in for an assignment and right and I was a very sensitive quiet gentle child and my teacher said in front of the whole class that I must have cheated it couldn't possibly have been mine and I obviously must have copied it so I was lying and I was absolutely mortified because I'd poured my heart and soul into it now that that's not an uncommon story and my teacher didn't deliberately try to railroad my life of writing for the next 30 years right okay. he was just doing what she thought she was doing was right and I happened to be a sensitive child and I held trauma for 30 years that I thought I couldn't write wow. so I thought I was terrible at writing so oh, I never bothered and then when I started to go on my own journey, which I really started to get into deeply just over probably about 10 or 15 years ago, and I started to uncover some of these things, these challenging moments. I call them in my book defining moments where we step back through them and they're moments that we seem to lock into and then they can define our future. But when I went back and looked at that one, I went, that's just ridiculous. I was 10. Mm. Why am I still holding on to a right. view that one person had of me when I was 10? And then I, people started to say to me, oh, my God, Jeanette, you need to write a book because I just naturally just helped people with these things. And I started to open my eyes and I started to think, do people not know about these things? These things are just normal. This is part of my life. They're just the things that I do. Do people not know? Wow. And people used to say to me, well, no, Jeanette, people don't know these things. They don't know how to do these things. You should write a book. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And it was called something completely different when oh. I started writing the book. 
And I started to realize as I was tapping into the content of the book, where it was going. And that's how it became Infinite You. So it's really a sharing of the journey that I went through and the experience I had both individually and the experience that I had coaching other people, whether it be indirectly and then when I was working as a mindfulness coach. So I've kind of woven in a lot of elements of my story. And I definitely so discovered that we need to do that. Are you yep. currently coaching now? I very selectively coach, so it's not a big part yeah, that of what brain, I do. She can be parsnickety. She's just that good, okay? <laughs> the, the best and the brightest. But your ideal client, who is your ideal client that you would, you know, that you would work with that would get it? This is heavy stuff, Brains. This is not just, you know, on the surface fluff. You got to go deep. You got to do the work. You're going to have homework. <laughs> Look, the person that gets the most out of working with me, the most value is a person I would describe in a really simple way, is a person who has the door open. So there's a little crack of light in there. So a person that doesn't necessarily believe in the things that I believe in, in the big size of things, but they believe it's possible. And that's what I mean by having the crack open. You've just got to open the door just a little way to start to see what is possible. And they're the people that get the greatest value and benefit from working with me because I'm able to help them really swing that door open, give them a space where they can start to feel courageous enough to really start to swing it open. And don't worry. When someone starts to swing that door open, sometimes we have to kick the door down together right? But once they do that, they're often racing and I'm in their dust because once people crack onto this and they start to see it for themselves and feel it mm -hmm. and stop thinking about what they need to do and get that, that energy down lower and start feeling, right. I'm just dust. I'm in their dust. They're off and they're running. Well, you are our and pixie dust here on the edge. <laughs> and we thank you so much. You were like Tinkerbell. We appreciate you. We love you. We value you for doing the deep dive. I mean, this is, it's fun and engaging and intriguing to you, but you don't realize how powerful it is and influential that it can be to others. So I thank you for that. Please tell my brains how to get a copy of your book, uh, your website, and show us a copy of the book one more time. Brains, you'll be able to get that on Amazon, Infinite You. Tell us how to get in contact with you, Jeanette. So you can reach out to me in lots of ways. I'm in all areas of social media and you can find me through my name. But also I write a blog and I, which is called The Art of Mindful Disruption. I have a YouTube channel called Same Thing. So I also have a publication in Medium, which is called Same Thing. So it's The Art of Mindful Disruption. If you Google that, you'll find me somewhere. So I'm really easy to, to get access to. Um, you can see on the back of the book, this is my website, which is just mindfuldisruption.com.au. So that's really us one more time. It's mindfuldisruption.com.au. All right. So they can, they can reach out to me. You can order the book directly through me. I send signed copies of the book all over the world people have asked me to do that so you can connect with me that way or you can buy it in all the normal spaces that you'll go to whether it be amazon 
there's an audio, not an audio book yet. There is an electronic book and you can also obviously get the paperback. Well, that's well there will be an audio book, but it's just about getting the time to really put the tracks down because oh, yeah, I, know. I want to do it myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's it has to be work. my voice. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've shared in your voice. We appreciate you. We love you. We honor you and value you. Uh, come back and visit us. Keep us updated. Keep us sharp. Keep us heady. You know, we really appreciate what you've poured into us today here on The Edge. It's a pleasure. Bye, brains. <laughs>